the end, the plague touched us all. It was not confined to the Oran of Camus. No, it turned up again in America, breeding in a compost of greed and uselessness and murder. In those places where statesmen and generals stash the bodies of the forever young. The American journalist, novelist, essayist, editor and educator Pete Hamill wrote that in 1974. Welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Um, over the last week or so, a couple of images really um, spoke to me and uh, they documented the Spanish flu. We're all involved in this pandemic at the moment, aren't we, around COVID-19? But maybe we don't know about the Spanish flu and maybe we should. The Spanish flu was also known as the 1918 flu pandemic and was an unusually deadly influenza uh, caused by uh, an influenza virus. Lasting about 15 months from spring 1918 uh, to early summer 1919, it infected 500 million people, about a third of the world's population at the time. The death toll is estimated to have been anywhere from 17 million to 50 million and possibly as high as 100 million, making it one of the deadliest pandemics in human history. The images I saw recently um, just really struck home to me the importance of photography as a historical document. I know there are many discussions around the whole idea of uh, is photography truth and is truth photography and the role that the photographer plays in uh, deciding what actually appears uh, within the frame. However, these images were not taken by photographers who had any kind of, uh, I suppose, aesthetic intention or career intention. They were straight news pictures. Anyway, they... Uh, really struck home with me and they made me realise how our lives are so connected to the image and the idea of documentation. So much so that I wrote an article about it um, called uh, History and Photography and that's up on the United Nations of Photography website if you want to uh, check that out. Also in the last week, I've been a little bit inspired, I think, to write. I don't know what's come over me. For a little while there, I wasn't writing quite so much. I felt that I was saying what I needed to say in this podcast. But um, anyway, I, I kind of had a moment where I wrote a few articles. So as well as that uh, article dealing with photography um, as history and history as photography and those images from the Spanish flu pandemic, which are included in the article, I also wrote an article following on from a uh, talk, an online talk, that I'd been part of with the photographer Daniel Meadows, uh, talking about the importance of archive and the importance of lists, actually, um, as part of what actually makes a collection of photographs into an archive. It's also really interesting that well, the thing that struck me, I suppose, the most was how important ephemera is. All those scraps and bits of paper that surround our lives and are part of our work, um, they're really important as part of the, of the archive. So if you want to learn a little bit more about archive, then go to the United Nations of Photography website and um, there you'll find uh, me talking in more detail about what Daniel Meadows uh, had to say. 
while we're talking about documentary facts and the the photograph as a as a proof of history or a proof that something happened and that perhaps something that this you know, maybe it's very obvious that it's been doctored or post uh, produced but maybe you shouldn't get too obsessed with that and think that fake news is everywhere in a photograph during the last week we've seen uh, donald trump's tweets uh, having uh, a little added extra put onto them not by him where well, he's now being uh, fact-checked so basically uh, twitter have decided and um, finally i would say in response to the type of tweets that Trump puts out there, that they're putting a little fact check link. So when he says something, you can then click on that link and find out if what he said is true. It's interesting, isn't it? That idea of a statement without visual evidence um, can be accepted, whereas sometimes uh, the visual uh, image, and I've spoken about this previously on previous podcasts, can either prevent that statement being made or absolutely prove that statement to be untrue. I wonder if we're going to find any or if someone's going to find any photographs of what Dominic Cummings was really up to up at Barnard's Castle. This week's contributor to What Does Photography Mean to Me was born in 1956 and it's Witold Krasowski. Uh, Krasowski studied linguistics at the University of Warsaw and the Sorbonne. Uh, he received his doctorate in photography in 2009 at the radio and television faculty of the University of Silesia in Katowice. And three years later, he received his postdoctoral degree. After receiving his final diploma, his photographic hobby became his career. The situation at the time in Poland uh, was pretty poor and the, um, there was a major transition as communism was crumbling and the Solidarnosc movement was created. For several years, Krasowski was busy running and learning, documenting a country in a state of change and turmoil. Disgusted with the state of the Polish economy, he moved to London in 1988. There he became involved with the independent magazine, where he met uh, the photo editor Colin Jacobson. I'm sure some of you will remember Colin or maybe know of Colin, and particularly his magazine Reportage. But anyway, uh, Colin offered Krasowski some assignments and suggested that he should join the Network Photographers Agency. Krasowski started to work as a photo reporter and uh, covered uh, stories in Afghanistan, the UK, Mongolia and India but most of his creative output comes from Poland. His work has been published in various titles, including uh, Liberation, Tempo, Stern, Der Spiegel, The Observer, The Independent, The New Yorker, Forbes and Fortune, amongst uh, many others. He was the recipient of the World Press Photo Award in 1991 and also in 2003. Since 2009, he has published four books, including... After Images of Poland, and exhibited at the Freight Doors Gallery, California, the Photographers Gallery, London, the Nordlich Photo Festival, Holland, and Perpignan Photo Festival in France. He now teaches at the Faculty of Media Art at the Warsaw Academy of Fine Arts. It is not easy to say what photography means to me. I would rather consider that at different periods of my life, it meant different things. Uh, 
at the beginning, I guess, it was adventure. It was also mystery because uh, I couldn't figure out how a picture should be taken and what makes it interesting. Then, with the with experience, uh, came the second stage when uh, uh, one is relatively uh, sure that pictures will be uh, presentable. At that time, I think photography uh, became for me uh, kind of a adventure, a passport to the world. Uh, and a tool for learning about the reality. I remember that my ambition at that time was to create a coherent image of human life regardless of the cultural and uh, uh, nationalistic uh, differences, kind of summing up of reality on the biological level. And. Uh, this stage, obviously, which led to, to several stories, uh, also had its limitations. As uh, With the changes on the photography market, uh, you realize that uh, short stories uh, didn't work anymore. You needed to, to produce longer stories. I mean, you need to produce a body of, of, of work. And Obviously, for a body of work, it needs a different thinking. And, um, well, at this stage, I started uh, reflecting on the, uh, on photography, or rather photographic image, as communication tool. And uh, ultimately, I believe that photography as such is nothing more uh, than a technology, a technology that produces Im images. But uh, the photographic image is a different technology, is a technology to influence people. Uh, for me, it's also technology to ambush the reality, or rather to ambush the people's beliefs about the reality. And um, as such also, it is a manipulation tool. But once you enter uh, the field of manipulation, it's very well to know for what reason you do this. Uh, today, I believe that the photographic image is definitely a manipulation, that it may be used to destroy uh, social links or to uh, strengthen them. Uh, personally, I am interested on the, uh, again, on, in life, on the biological level, in life where there is no consumption, which makes it extremely difficult for me to, uh, to work today, as everything around us is based on consumption. Uh, I tried to produce uh, portraits and I believe that after a while it's, it's simply boring. It's, it leads you nowhere. It's, you, can, you can add another 10 or another 20, and, but 
it doesn't uh, offer any photographic nor personal challenge, for me at least. Well, I think this is, this is mostly it. If we, I mean, the photographers are the manipulators. If they are, if they are lucky, they manipulate in their own uh, name. If they are not, they manipulate in the name of the client. Uh, obviously, there is lots of misunderstanding about which images work, but this is an entirely different piece of cake. Thank you, Witold, for your contribution this week. I hope you didn't mind that little bit of echo which was occurring there. And when I received Witold's um, contribution, I heard it back, and I have to say, it kind of made me feel that, or gave me a sense, a, a, a picture in my mind, I suppose, of him standing up at a lectern and getting that sense of um, of echo from a large um, PA system in a large space. And I felt it was kind of appropriate to the, the strength and kind of manifesto-like, um, in the most positive sense, uh, kind of feeling he was giving to what he uh, was saying there in, in answer to the basic question. So many words came up there, which um, we've heard before in previous uh, contributions. Words like passport and a tool for learning and the fact of photography and our relationship with photography changing as we change and that we almost sort of have different stages of our lives. And uh, as those stages occur, we have stages in our photographic lives as well. Um, adventure and mystery. And I suppose perhaps most importantly of all, uh, image as a communication tool. I also really like the fact that so much of um, that Whittold said there really kind of not just contradicted, but kind of came up and as a part of a conversational two-way thing with some of the uh, points I was putting forward at the beginning of this podcast about the ideas of photography and manipulation and truth and the photographer's role in actually deciding upon what we see it's a discussion isn't it you know we it's good to disagree with each other and to listen to other points of view that's something i really um stand by um i never feel the need to um shout somebody down because they uh, disagree with me but i always feel the need to question what's being said so that i can try and um, learn myself so really interesting there from Whittold this week and i i thank him uh, for putting forward such a strong uh, evocation of of what he feels I wonder how many of you feel the same way about portrait photography as Whittold does. Do you feel that you're getting stuck into a position of repetition? I know sometimes I do when I'm shooting portraits and I quite often need a break from it uh, to actually kind of challenge myself. Anyway, um, something else I wanted to uh, talk to you about this week because um, I suppose I'm going to ask something of you don't often do that I don't think I've ever done that really apart from uh, people who may wish to support us on the Patreon plus but anyway um, 
here in uh, in the UK, we have the British Podcast Awards and they have a Listener's Choice Award. Uh, voting is open until the 6th of July. And it would be really kind if you could be so kind as to visit their website, which is uh, www.britishpodcastawards.com stroke vote. There's a link for it um, below this podcast on the UNFP, UNFP, can't even say it now, UNF Photo website uh, for the Listener's Choice Award. And if you could vote for us, that would be really kind. I'm up against a whole load of different podcasts with big financial backing by um, with celebrities and all sorts of things. So if you feel it's appropriate to um, support one man in a shed with no financial backing, doing the best he can against the elements, the neighbour's dog, the postman, birds landing on the roof, the rain, and everything else that's been thrown at us over previous podcasts. That would be really kind and really, uh, really appreciated. Can we stand up for the little guy? I hope we can. Anyway, it's been quite a strident, maybe even quite a political podcast this week. I think that's definitely a reflection of kind of where we are. And I think, to be honest with you, where I am, it's all gone a little bit nuts, isn't it? Things are happening now that only a few months ago we could never have dreamed of. I hope photographically um, you're responding to that well and you feel that, you know, there's some positivity uh, for you going forward. I know a lot of people who are reconsidering the way in which they work. And one of the reasons for talking about archive this week is I know a lot of photographers are spending this time going back through work they'd long forgotten, re-scanning it, putting it up on social media. And I suppose in a sense, giving them a, a, a touch of kind of rebirth. Anyway, Whatever you get up to over the next week, however political life may get, I really hope that you can take care.